Welcome to Karmic Imprints, a podcast that explores the unconscious stories, mythologies, soul memories, astrological archetypes, ancestral legacies, past life patterns, and historical happenings that drive us to support the process of awakening to and engaging with this underlying psychic content in a more conscious and intentional way. I'm your host, Diana Westley, an evolutionary astrologer, spiritual coach, and lover of all things archetypal. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoy today's episode. For today's episode of Karmic Imprints, we'll be connecting with Jessica Golden, an acupuncturist, herbalist, clinical hypnotherapist, and sex, love, and relationship host based out of the San Francisco Bay Area, California. Jessica supports women to reconnect to the body's wisdom through the practices of pleasure and deep listening so they can regain their authentic truth and vital health. She has found within herself and through her client work that reorienting our lives toward pleasure allows us to access our true power, radiance, ease, and a life we truly love. Today, Jessica and I will be exploring the topic of pleasure and the karmic imprints surrounding our experience of pleasure in more depth. I'm so excited to see what comes up. So Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd love it if you'd share a few words about yourself your journey to healing and rebalancing your masculine and feminine energy, and why pleasure has become such a central theme for you and your work. Thank you, Diana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm also feeling really excited to have this conversation and um, just excited to be in some pleasure with you as we talk about this too. So yes, thank you for that beautiful introduction. And um I think I want to say that, uh, talk a little bit about my astrology because it almost like packages all the work that I do. Oh my gosh, um, please do. <laughs> yeah, right? Why not? Um, so I'm an Aries sun and I'm a Libra rising and a Libra moon. And then I, I am a Taurus Mars and North node and a Scorpio South node. So I have always been working on this intersection between our individuality and our relationship and kind of working, you know, how to both meet our own needs and also connect with others and create deeper intimacy. And then with that Torian quality of how to do it in the body through pleasure, our comfort, and also to the connection to the earth and, and um, how this work around pleasure is so connected to ritual and ceremony and the sacredness of life. Um, and then that Scorpio South node, always wanting to bust down taboos and, um, you know, shed some light on, on the truth of who we are. Um, so yeah, it's kind of part of my makeup. I almost feel like how, how could I not do this work? Um, every path that I've ever taken has led me to it. So I kind of finally surrendered and was like, okay. <laughs> I will talk about pleasure. I will be in service to this message. And um, I feel so lucky to do that because it means that I get to invite it into my own life and world that much more. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it came to my attention pretty early on 
how in our Western culture, we gloss over a lot of these different rites of passage that we go through, especially as women. Women have these various different cycles of their life from puberty and you know, possible pregnancy, postpartum, menopause, these, these cycles of life that are inherent to who we are, the biological experiences that we go through that, that really shape who we are. And I wanted to go through these experiences with a lot of intention and preparation. And so my own deepening around pleasure and feminine energy began when I was kind of making this transition into adulthood and was getting married and decided I was going to have, well, I always knew I wanted to have children, but really kind of deciding that it was the time for that. Um, so I deepened into really wanting to know my body more and clear out a lot of my own um, obstacles and conditioning around celebrating my body and inviting in a new life. Uh, so a lot of that opened these doors for me and in ways that I never even imagined too. I'm going to talk more about that, but um, it, it was clear in my acupuncture practice too that so much emotion is held in the body. And so I wanted to dive into that and, and clear the space for, for a baby. So pleasure really became at the forefront of that and um, becoming a mom has made me realize so much more that I have this, this tendency to mother others, that Libra qualities. And although that's beautiful at times, I could often go over my limit. And now being a mother, I simply cannot do that anymore. And so pleasure is the thing that has brought me back to myself of like, this is how I can turn that mothering energy towards myself and give myself permission to feel good. That's so beautiful, Jessica. And I've known Jessica for a long time. We actually have some pretty cool astrological overlap in our charts <laughs> since she we has, do. yeah. <laughs> Her um, Aries sun and, and Libra moon and ascendant. And I'm actually a Libra south node and Aries north node. Um, and then I'm a Taurus rising and a Scorpio Venus. So I'm also kind of working with her north and south node axis, which has been really, really fun. And um, even though our paths have, have had, you know, kind of different um, directions they've taken at times. There's always so much really fun and, and cool overlap um, with the work that, that we both feel really called to. So um, so it's just so fun to have you on. And thank you so much for sharing that, Jessica. Um, My pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah, almost, <laughs> yes. Oh, everything, everything, right? Yeah, <laughs> we've known each other for over 10 years now. It blew my mind. I was thinking about that recently too. It's just amazing. I love it. Um, and actually, before we dive into talking more about pleasure, I'd love to hear kind of how you define it or like what your experience of pleasure is, if you don't want to put like a, a hard and fast definition around it. Yeah, it's almost this abstract term. And so I think this is like a good place to, to start. And 
it's abstract a bit because it is so unique to each one of us. There's these kind of classical ideas of what pleasure is and those usually connected to our sensuality or our sexuality. And that certainly is a part of it. But it also can be just simply what makes you feel good. So sometimes just for me, pouring myself a cup of tea and looking out into the, the sky and drinking my tea and just like having this sigh of like, ah, oh, this is this is what it means to be alive. That brings me a lot of pleasure. So it can be super simple. It can, you know, involve elaborate different things, but I like to define it as what makes you feel good. And that can be so specific to each one of us. And that being said, our pleasure really comes from our pelvic bowl, our uh, sacral chakra, this space of sensuality and creation. And so being able to basically tap into that space and kind of run that energy is what increases our pleasure too. So there's a couple of different pieces to it, you know, being able to have a, a regulated nervous system enough to actually feel good when we're, you know, stressed out and tense, it's hard to drop into that space of like, okay, yeah, I can relax enough to allow myself to feel some sense of pleasure. And then there's this capacity of actually growing and cultivating pleasure, which is a lot of the, what I've studied around Taoist and tantric philosophies and practices. So it, it is kind of vast and, um, you know, we can start where where is best for us in that moment and also know that it might change. Sometimes we might just need to do the work of regulating our nervous system. Other times we can deepen into more intimacy with ourselves. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And a couple of the questions that um, I wanted to ask you about today do kind of revolve a bit more around kind of like the sexual or sensual side of pleasure. So I really appreciate that you kind of offered this broader definition around it, because I think, you know, all of these different versions of pleasure are linked um, and, and there is kind of a connection there. But it can be so much more than than just sensual or sexual pleasure, which is sometimes what we think of when we think of that word. Um, and so because this is karmic imprints, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'd love to talk a little bit about kind of the karmic legacy of, of pleasure. Um, it's definitely had a bit of a painful one, um, I'd say for women in particular, kind of this experience of feminine pleasure, um, at least over the past 1500 years, if not for, for millennia. Um, and so when I think of, you know, like the devotees of the pleasure goddess Venus being tortured, killed in the European witch hunts, um, as well as kind of a long history of persecutions that have happened toward women and, and witches around the world. Um, I also think of these 19th century use of clitorectomies to cure female hysteria, (laughs) Um, which we all know is like such a dangerous disease slash is no longer (laughs) considered a thing, Um, as well as this longstanding practice of 
female genital mutilation that continues um, in lots of different parts of the world to this day. Um, how do you feel that this history and also some of this like ongoing shaming of pleasure and particularly sexual pleasure um, has impacted women's ability to access and experience pleasure in a way that feels safe and joyous today? Yes. Oh my gosh. I just to even give like a pause for the history around women's pleasure and you know, the mutilation of our bodies around, you know, our genitalia. It's like, oh, I, I shudder to think. Um, so with all of that history, literally living in our body, um, you know, pass down the our genetic line, it requires so much slowness and permission to actually allow ourselves to even interact with our own sexual energy. So because of these experiences, and, and I know in my own practice, all of that fear felt so real, the, the fear, the guilt, the shame around my sexuality, my sensuality, and expressing that in the world in kind of the bigness that it, that it felt in my own body. So just to like say that's completely normal and, um, you know, part of this path of reclaiming your own sexual, sensual energy. And it, that history has really pushed a lot of sexuality into the feminine shadow. And now in our patriarchal society, we so value these light qualities of the feminine, which has a lot to do with kind of being like a, a quote unquote good girl, like the perfectionist, the uh, caregiving, the self-sacrificing, that we use our energy for that instead of to nourish and replenish ourselves. So because we're so pushed into these kind of light qualities that, it, that it's really uh, made it hard to access some of the things that are, are, are in the shadow. Um, and then we have these like archetypes of like the femme fatale or you know, the vixen um, that kind of makes sexuality dangerous and mysterious, maybe like manipulative. Um, and that can, those are kind of like shadow qualities of the of sexuality, not to say that they don't exist. They do. And, and pretending like they don't, I think, would be overlooking sexuality as a whole. But it doesn't have to be. It's all depending on how you use it, right? And I really recommend and and guide women to use their own sexual energy for their own health, for their own vitality, to you know cultivate their dreams and to help nurture the people that they care and love with that energy as well. Um. So yeah, it, it's it's you know such a tragedy too because during that those times like back in the, the temple days the priestesses were priestesses of their their sensual energy and they were using it as healing energy 
And that is so much of what this this feminine energy, this sensual energy can be for ourselves. That's why pleasure can feel so good because we're we're actually healing ourselves with it. So there's so much to touch on there. But that is kind of my quick take. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And, you know, you shared a bit about this, but what kind of simple advice might you offer to someone who is experiencing shame um, or guilt around the experience of pleasure, whether that be sexual pleasure, sensual pleasure, um, or pleasure in more of this like kind of just purely joyous, ecstatic, blissful form. Um, Yeah, what would you have to offer those folks? Mm, Yeah. So it's almost like rewriting the story a bit, both on this kind of mindset level and within our body. So sensual and sexual energy is, you know, the root of creation, really. It's it's the energy that is our life force and um, it can be for creating an actual baby or, you know, projects, food, anything really that you create is coming from this energy. And so almost rewriting what you, you habitually conditioned patterns of thought, what you think about this energy so that you can kind of come back to your own truth around it. So my advice is to go low and almost invite in someone de-armoring. So you can slowly touch your body and just see what comes up as you kind of traverse these various different areas. You don't even have to start with some of these um, more charged spaces. You can just even start with your hand on your chest. And feeling into what would be pleasurable for your heart. And just taking it so slow, listening really deeply, carving out a lot of time and spaciousness for you to be able to drop in on that level. And if various things are coming up for you, you know, unfortunately in our in our um, current modern life, so many of of us have experienced sexual abuse and so really being gentle with yourself and maybe even working with a guide working with somebody that you feel like can hold that safe space for you as you journey through your own body and um just really kind of telling the story that it's safe to feel good that it's beautiful to celebrate your body that your sensuality is a gift from the divine. It's almost like this reprogramming and it's done in these really gentle ways. And you can do this with your partner too. It might be something that you want to share with your partner that you're exploring and to almost like rewire the experiences that you have had maybe in past relationships of maybe moving too fast or really being sure that your body was on board with the next step, uh, really getting clear on the yeses and nos of your body. And that requires that deep listening, that slowing down in the present. 
and I just want to say too that that I read not too long ago this really interesting study around our sensory pathways and how as we grow older the pathways tend to narrow, and so it's actually a practice to keep our senses open and really um, sensitive and in tune. So even just I always use that example of food because that Taurus Mars and North Node I love I love sensorily experiencing food um, but even using that and just really getting in touch with how your food smells the way it tastes and and opening your senses to everything that you do and that will feed into feeling more safe to experience your own sensual energy so this is kind of not quite um, in line with this question, but I want to say that in Chinese medicine, the the yin qualities, the feminine is more associated with our sensual energy. And it's kind of the, let's say, softer, um, more flowing water-like nature of sensuality. And then yang, which is more of the function and masculine energy is more associated with our sexuality. So even within these things, we can play a little bit. Like, how does it feel to be sensual? Does that feel safe in my body? How does it feel to be sexual and express that energy, you know, even with another? How did all of these things land with me? And getting really curious all along the way. That's beautiful. Thank you, Jessica. I love this idea of kind of rewriting the story around pleasure and creating some new narratives there. Um, and I also loved what you said about, you know, when it comes to embracing more physical touch and, um, you know, even kind of like allowing ourselves to, um, yeah, to, to just touch ourselves more, experience our bodies more. Um, I was thinking about my first experience with craniosacral therapy. I remember um, the practitioner was holding, I think it was my feet or, or my ankles. And for some reason in that moment, I just felt so much shame wash over me. And I didn't realize how much shame I had been holding in my body until she was just sitting there holding my my ankles or my feet um which again like aren't necessarily a supercharged part of of our bodies per se um but but yeah it was just really interesting to see kind of the emotions and the feelings that came up and also the release that that came just in that moment with that realization so um so i i love that you brought that up that it can be um yeah just really kind of embracing this this practice of touch starting anywhere <laughs> um mm -hmm. it it can really make a difference yeah so beautiful yeah it's like our our tissues store memory. So when we bring attention to various different areas, we're kind of sparking that for us. And like you said, you know, the, the ankles might not be like what we possibly think is sexually charged, but they do have to do with our foundation, you know, so like that root and sacral chakra. But, you know, touching our wound space 
right below our belly button, even touching our vulva just with like a, a hand over our vulva could be, you know, over clothes even, and just seeing what comes up, like breathing into that space, giving it some spaciousness, even telling your body, I'm here, I'm listening. And I tend to treat my body like a cat or a child, like just really offering this pressure-free zone of like, I'm here if you need anything, but also just happy to be with you. So um, it's amazing what the body holds. And uh, our wounds and our ovaries actually tend to be these places where we store a lot of other people's stuff unconsciously, especially as women, we tend to want to alleviate the burdens of others by caregiving, whether that's, you know, asked for or not, we just kind of instinctively do that, especially um, nurturers. And so we actually tend to store a lot of other people's issues in our ovaries and in our womb. So even allowing yourself to tap into that space and just let go, um, and you can visualize that, you can just kind of offer that to your body and trust that it knows how to do that too, just by bringing it that attention and that awareness. Thank you. That's awesome. I love all of these ideas and, and tips and they're so tangible and so um, easy and, and simple, which I really love. Um, and so changing the topic just slightly, I mean, still on pleasure. Um, I'd love to hear kind of from your perspective, how are our personal power and our pleasure connected? Mm, yeah, this is a fun one. So in Taoist philosophy, the, our sexual energy is our life force energy. So there were so many practices to cultivate this energy um, uh, so that people could experience more power, more longevity. And I find that the more we step into our sexual power, it's basically like coming into our wholeness because of the shame, the guilt, the fear that we've had around expressing ourselves and, and being able to, you know, live with our sexual energy flowing in our body, just by tapping into it, it, it allows it to flow and we experience better health, more vitality. And so that, that naturally helps to feel more empowered in our lives. It's also this space of huge creation and raw power. So when you tap into the womb space in particular, this kind of like wellspring opens up. It's that same energy that creates a baby. It's mysterious and it has huge amounts of, of energy to give to however you want to direct it in your life. So when you open it up, it's a little bit like learning how to harness it and uh, pour it into your life in a way that supports you. I've done practices before uh, with Yoni steaming uh, that all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I am on fire. Like I have so much energy coursing through my body 
and I had to like dance it out, you know, before I like became a dragon lady and breathed fire at everybody. Um, but learning how to navigate your, your own energy and doing it in these containers and these ways that you can start to get more comfortable with who you are as a powerful person, who you are in your bigness. And it's almost like a little bit of a, a safe way to start experimenting in that energy so that you can bring it out into the world in a way that feels really good to you. So I tend to think about this sexual energy having all these various different ways to support us. We talk about healing. There's also this element of self-protection, self-expression, self-love, self-care. So it's got all of these various different ways to support us. And these all contribute to allowing ourselves to feel powerful, which I kind of equate to wholeness. Basically, are we whole within ourselves? Can we be our full selves, welcome all parts of ourselves? And that creates undeniable, authentic power. Not power over another, power within yourself and to use it in the in the ways that you want to serve the world i love that and you know as you were talking about power and kind of this connection between power and pleasure i was also thinking about how for so long um pleasure has had kind of a difficult time at least in the western world finding a place within spirituality and um, and I'd love to hear a bit about your experience of pleasure and, and its link to spirituality or how you kind of see these two working together and feeding one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I love this question. It's something that I'm still really working with because to me, like there's an inner knowing that of course they are linked and they are one. And yet finding the words for it sometimes escapes me because they have been kind of so uh, created in opposition that if, you know, we're we're spiritual and connected to the divine, that somehow we can't be also in our sexual, sensual energy. But in my body and in my experience, I find the complete opposite to be true, that when I am in my sensuality, I feel more connected to the divine, to what is sacred. And that's simply by opening my senses, experiencing the world in this way that really, truly brings me pleasure. So spirituality to me is a connection to the divine, to all that is in the world. And I tend to uh, pray and to be devoted to the earth as my, my channel of spirituality. And having a sensual connection with the earth really is kind of this amazing experience to allow yourself to experience pleasure just by simply being alive. And I think that that's so much of of what it actually means to be a human is to have that experience of the, the joy and the gratitude there. And then also now we're seeing so many people bring to light these various different figures across our our you know, spiritual lineages of 
like Mary Magdalene, you know, that she was so much more than the way that she's been depicted in uh, various betrayals, portrayals. Is that a Freudian stuff? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's been a lot of slander around her and um, like kind of misconstruals of of who she was. So (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, now her own connection to, to sensuality is, is coming more in the forefront is also really beautiful. And, you know, I think that becoming a mother is the way that I've seen this also play out so much of like this sacred relationship to our body, to creation, to our child, and the way sensuality has actually supported me in that, has kept me uh, connected to the miracle that is that whole experience, whether it's, um, you know, conception, pregnancy, birth, which is a hugely sacred and, you know, this might trigger some people, but possibly pleasurable experience. And also like breastfeeding, nurturing your child. These are spiritual, sacred experiences and inviting in the pleasure and the sensuality there can really feed you as a, as a mother. Um, that's so beautiful. I really liked what you said about kind of um, the sensual experience of connecting to the earth as well. And it's definitely, you know, being incarnate in these bodies on this planet is a sensory and sensual experience. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes there's pain and suffering involved in that experience, but we are here to feel and experience all of it, the pleasure as well. Um, and I feel like the pleasure component is really where we start to experience that like heaven on earth, um, which mm. I kind of get the sense is what we're here to create, but I'm not I so hope so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that paradise. Yeah, but it's also really interesting because, you know, Going further back into to kind of Western culture and Western roots, if we look at ancient Greece, um, Dionysus was a really big deity, a really big god, um, and he was associated with pleasure, actually, um, and wine and a few other things, but also with ritual hysteria. And so um, I brought up this idea of hysteria being um, this like terrible diagnosis for women back in the day. Um, But there was actually this acknowledgement that having these moments of like coming together with others and howling at the moon and just being kind of wild and free and primal, but also pleasure Um, that that was a really important part of connecting with something bigger, of connecting with our our spiritual selves and our divine selves. Um, There were actually these kind of cults to Dionysus um, that were mostly mostly included and involved women. Um, And and they would have these these experiences of like um, ritual, hysteria, ecstasy, um, pleasure, and and those were intended to kind of bring them closer to heaven, um, intended as kind of a form of enlightenment. Um, I know you mentioned kind of Tantra and, and that practice earlier, which also, you know, brings 
um, more of this kind of spiritual nature into pleasure, sensuality, sexuality, and so on. But there are also kind of deeper roots in the West. It's just that, um, you know, especially with with kind of the advent of certain religions and and um, different branches and sects of religions as well. Um, I think some of that has gotten kind of um, snuffed out <laughs> um, mm -hmm. over quite a few centuries now. But um, but it is it is deep in kind of the the Western roots as well to celebrate pleasure to have deities associated with pleasure and um, even you know hedonism which is um typically considered to be kind of a negative thing or like a sin mm -hmm. even um comes from the goddess hedon or hedone um who is the daughter of both eros who is like the personification of love and psyche who is the personification of our soul so this is the the birth of of love in our soul is um you know this goddess associated with sensual pleasure um and so we've kind of taken this name and, and given it a word and um created these negative connotations around it but if we go again further back there it was actually a, a really beautiful pure and even spiritual thing um so it's just kind of interesting how these things evolve and also just shows that um, like you were talking about earlier, kind of rewriting these stories and these narratives, there are actually ancient roots and ancient stories um, that could be kind of reinvigorated today. Even. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you're bringing that in. It sparked something in me that I'd love to share around uh, the devotion and devotional energy, worship energy of these various gods, goddesses, and, and how sensual that experience is. And you mentioned kind of the the hedonistic quality of like letting yourself be wild, really going for it. And and that reminds me so much of the the feminine energy propensity and ability to fully surrender which means to kind of like completely let go and let whatever it is move through your body move through your spirit and that is that kind of wildness of working that natural energy through your body and the the amazing things that can happen through that um that, so yeah just that that quality of ritual and ceremony that allows the space for this pleasure energy to come through you. Oh, so good. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, and I wanted to share one more quick thing on astrology, just kind of based off of what you were just saying. And um, for those who are interested in astrology or know their birth charts, um, but you know, I find it so interesting that Venus is. Um, you know, it's a planet and it's often associated with the feminine, but it's a planet associated with beauty and love and pleasure and creativity and artistry and all of these different things, um, which to me suggests you can't really have those other things without pleasure involved in the picture. And um, so love without pleasure sounds pretty gray and kind of depressing and 
And, um, you know, pleasure creates beauty, beauty creates pleasure. Um, the two are kind of needed to work together. Same with creation, creativity. Um, and actually the fifth house in astrology, the fifth house in um, a birth chart is also associated with pleasure. And it's also a house of love, of creation, of procreation, of joy, like the fifth house is where we look when we realize we need some more playfulness, some more levity, some more joy. Um, and so, so again, um, you know, pleasure does take on this sensual, sexual um, energy, especially kind of the way that we tend to define it, but it's it's so linked in to so many other parts of our experience and especially the parts of our experience that like Jessica mentioned earlier, really bring us joy, really light us up. Um, and so, so yeah, I just wanted to share that as well for those who are interested in kind of, um, looking at how they can maybe tap into their pleasure a little bit more using astrology. Um, you know, it's, it's all there. Um, and, and yeah, do you know what's in your fifth house, Jessica, on that topic? I don't. I believe it's Pisces. Mm. Yeah. So pleasure around the water, dreaminess, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me more. Mm. I love that you shared that. Um, and I just wanted to say, I kind of think of like pleasure as um, experiencing love through our senses. So for me, love is like my North Star and that, like you said, it, this is love without pleasure. It's like, what is that? So just how much all of these things flow into each other and as a way to like remember that pleasure isn't bad, that, that pleasure is this beautiful communion with love. Mm. It's so beautiful. I'm just like oozing with pleasure, <laughs> joy, happiness. Like right now, open whenever we... <laughs> yeah, really feeling this energy today. Um, yes. And, you know, speaking about kind of like some of the, the mood and, and the other kind of benefits of experiencing pleasure, as an acupuncturist in a traditional Chinese medicine, medicine practitioner who's, you know, working with the body and physical health is a lot as well. Have you noticed that there's a pretty strong link between people's physical health and, and kind of physical healing alongside um, kind of their ability to tap into pleasure and um, experience more pleasure? Yes, absolutely. And um, that is like one of the reasons that I kind of got into this work. I mean, it felt like such a natural progression for me, but in the clinic, I was working with so many different women who were experiencing hormonal imbalances, irregular periods, fibroids, cysts, infertility, so many different, you know, imbalances happening for them, especially in their pelvic bowl, in relation to their root and sacral chakra. And the, you know, the, the little bit of like the Western lens is like, why isn't my body working for me? Why is this machine broken? And so I think pleasure really actually changes the lens there of, of remembering that 
our body is our temple and that we are actually always in partnership with this meat suit we're in <laughs> and that that pleasure and and the, what we feel always is is um creating our health so if we're feeling good the chances are that our physical health is is flowing is you know coming into a balance balance is always like a ever you know changing experience but being able to kind of find yourself in the window of pleasure means that your nervous system is regulated your hormones are rebalancing and you know your physical body you're probably going to be feeling less inflammation we uh, talked a little bit about the way our our wounds and our ovaries store other people's energy but it also can store a lot of our own memories we touched on that and and in chinese medicine there's this quality of phlegm stagnation that basically creates fibroid sick. And so I don't want to say this across the board that this is true, but in so many different instances, a lot of women haven't worked through different experiences they've had or worked through their shame or guilt. And the body, as wise as it is, kind of stores it away in this ball of phlegm of, of fibroid or cyst for them to look at when they're ready. And um, it's a pretty amazing experience to see when people are able to drop into pleasure. This could be like a, an ongoing practice that they have, but the way their physical health shifts and the vitality that they feel in their body. I mean, for myself and also the clients that I've worked with, I, I feel like since I've been doing this work, I have become, you know, more beautiful in a lot of ways because I'm just like radiating my own pleasure, which is pretty amazing. Um, so whether that's real or not, I catch myself in the mirror sometimes and I'm like, hey, you're feeling good. <laughs> um, but it, it's so much more playful. Pleasure is so much more playful and light than some of the imbalances that can happen in our body which feel heavier and are stagnant so they're hard to move and health of our energy is all about flow so pleasure absolutely impacts that in a way that supports our overall health mm, i love that um and so for people who kind of choose to go on this journey to bringing more pleasure into their life to healing their relationship with pleasure um you know what can they kind of expect to experience or feel or see as they start reintegrating pleasure into their lives into their experiences more mm -hmm. ah so you might feel more into your softness kind of a feminine quality of receiving, of being in that flow, in that yielding place, not necessarily from a place of like, you know, the the um, doormat or anything, but more in the space of, of allowing. 
So there's just an overall relaxation that can happen in the body, uh, a feeling of ease and trust of, you know, the, the path that you're on in your life. And so there's probably less fear that's living inside your body. So you're able to relax more deeply. Um, and then also, whether it's through that, that lessening of a fear or simply more courage, you'll probably have a deeper call to step into whatever is your life path, whatever your dreams, your desires are. I found that for me, uh, I'm definitely an introvert, but this energy that I've opened up the, the gateways to has kind of pushed me along to say like, no, you have to share this message with the world. So there's almost a quality of like, fully stepping into yourself, which we kind of touched on before. So you'll get access to more of that raw, raw power through your womb and your pleasure. And you'll want to make the dreams happen, but this is part of your life. You'll probably have more fun making it happen rather than that kind of masculine energy of forcing, of overdoing, pushing. And you might get in touch more with your own vulnerabilities too. And that can feel scary, but as you know, that our vulnerability is actually our strength. Being able to be with our vulnerabilities, connect more deeply with others, be intimate is actually hugely uh, life-giving and empowering. And you'll probably experience less urgency in your body too. Does that answer your question? It does. Okay. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about kind of this experience of opening into pleasure more and expanding into pleasure more. Um, I was also thinking about how, like, on almost every healing journey, we find at times that we've done this work and yet others around us aren't really in the same space energetically, right? They aren't really aligned because maybe they're working on other things they're healing other things um or or maybe they're not really involved in healing just yet um and so um, I'm also wondering both kind of from your own experience from maybe the experience your clients have had um you know what advice you'd offer to those who are feeling more vulnerable because they're doing this work of expanding into their pleasure and bringing and inviting more pleasure into their lives but find themselves around others who, um, again, are kind of like operating on a different frequency um, that might make them want to kind of shut down or, or I don't know, return into that space of, of shame or, or hiding with their pleasure. Yeah, yeah, great question. So part of doing this work, I think requires of us to be really discerning, discerning of who we're in relationship with, what we consume on all these various different levels, whether that's food or media or anything, that all of these things are influencing us. And so in our relationships in particular, you know, when you start on this path and opening yourself up to pleasure, and it is a reorientation, truly, because so much of our, our, our society and culture and us personally are kind of 
wired towards pain and struggle. And so it's a reorientation. So incredible patience is required both with yourself and for others as they're witnessing you as you kind of go through these shifts. So some people are slower to change than others. And I think that the best thing that we can do is model what that means for us in our life. So bringing in more pleasure, feeling more safety in your body, and really showing that to the people that might, you know, be triggered by it. And that might look like somebody saying, like, I don't like this new way you're being. <laughs> and you modeling the safety and the pleasure that you can experience by really holding your own ground and saying, like, I hear you. I hear that you're, you know, feeling uncomfortable with this. And this is really important to me. And so if we're going to maintain this connection, we'll have to evolve together. And maybe that means giving the relationship a little bit of spaciousness and compassion and, and patience and holding it with um, some love as you kind of start these changes together. If they're like, I don't know about this, I some space and respect that because so much of this is prioritizing yourself, prioritizing what makes you feel good. And if somebody's struggling with that, then they need to come to their own terms with that and really figure it out for themselves. So, so many ways it has nothing to do with you and they'll come around when they're ready. So, I think that the patience element is key and also inviting in or explaining things and inviting them in with maybe very practical ways, sharing, you know, little, little ways that you can connect. I'm thinking about a partnership where maybe they're uncomfortable with you opening this doorway within yourself, right? So maybe in your kind of sensual play together, you could bring some chocolate into the bedroom. You could play with different scents and say like, okay, I want to experiment and have fun in this way. And, you know, they could take a little bit to come around to that, but just being patient and knowing that it's not a rejection of you or that or your pleasure, that it's simply the cultural conditioning, their own obstacles around feeling pleasure and feeling good. So it's really that muscle that we have to work all the time around discerning. And if you're in like a really, um, if you're in a space where you're diving deep into this and things are coming up, then you have to be really discriminating around who gets access to you and your energy during those times because you can you need to care for yourself in that space and you know everything shifts and evolves so maybe next week you're ready to hang out with them again or in a month um but just giving yourself the time and space that you need thank you for answering that question it's um i know that there's never any one way of, of navigating that journey but i i just know for so many people 
they're going to run up against it, whether it's with friends or a partner or family or colleagues or other people that they find themselves surrounded around. It's like, well, we're so careful sometimes about like avoiding secondhand smoke or <laughs> external mm. pollutants, but, but it's so easy to kind of absorb <laughs> these energies from others when we're trying to be like mentally, spiritually healthy as well. Um, and, and so I, I really appreciate what you shared there. Cause I think that's a really helpful kind of set of, of approaches and, and ways of kind of thinking about this work, discernment, discrimination, um, you know, kind of being careful with yourself, taking that spaciousness, but also inviting others in when it feels right. Like that's beautiful. Um, okay. and so I, I don't want to keep you super long today, Jessica, cause she has, um, Jessica has a very full life. She has a, t a toddler <laughs> who's going to be making um, an entrance at any moment. But, um, you know, I'm sure that people would be interested in learning more about, you know, how they can work with you if they want to heal their relationship to ple pleasure or otherwise kind of improve it or evolve it. Um, so I'd love to hear kind of what offerings you have or different ways people can work with you in that regard. Mm, thanks, Diana. Um, I really quickly want to say that um, I could spend hours talking with you about this, and we have before, which is amazing, and that over the course of our friendship, we always end up hanging out with each other when we're wearing these, like, fuzzy sweaters, <laughs> and today you're wearing a fuzzy sweater, and we're like, oh, our fuzzy sweater friends. So <laughs> I just feel like this um, pleasure experience has always been very alive in our friendship, which I'm eternally grateful for. It definitely has. And for those who don't have a fuzzy sweater, I highly recommend one. Absolutely. <laughs> lots of hugs when you're wearing fuzzy sweaters because fuzzy sweater hugs are just the best. <laughs> yes. Fast track to pleasure. <laughs> um, so yeah, I offer four month private. Uh, pleasure queen coaching mentorship which uh, we go really deep these are one-on-one -on -one experiences we go really deep you're held in this loving container to explore a lot of what we talked about today to navigate the obstacles the barriers the relationships so that ultimately you can experience more intimacy more pleasure in your life and reorient towards this more joyful, pleasurable, useful experience. And um, yeah, since I've been doing that work, it's just like amazing to see what happens in this evolution of getting in touch with your pleasure in this way and your feminine energy. So something I love to do, I have a space opening up this summer um, and then uh, happy to have conversations with people around that if that's intriguing to them. I also offer a group program called The Well-Nourished Woman, and that is a dive into our self-care, self-nurturance. We go through these various different body parts as portals into, you know, who we are in these deeper levels and how to access more of our own body's wisdom and our cycles, our seasonal living experiences. Um, and that's eight weeks, and I have a, a new cohort starting June 19th, which is the week of summer solstice. So bringing in some of that fire quality of summer into our sensuality, which is so fun. And then I also have clinics in Pleasanton, California and Oakland. 
and you can come see me for acupuncture, hypnotherapy. We also do these combination treatments, just very like a, a deep experience if we want to work through any subconscious beliefs. Um, I work a lot with people in life transitions, whether that's um, fertility or pregnancy, postpartum, um, life-changing illnesses, marriage, heartbreak, um, all the various times in our life where things suddenly are shifting a lot and our, our identity kind of dissolves a bit and we have to make ourselves anew. And um, lastly, although I feel like I have a lot of offerings that I'm putting out into the world lately, fueled with my pleasure energy, um, I offer these ceremonies uh, and I'm just planning one uh, for Monday actually. And, and there are these, these times to um, basically support yourself through a transition if you just want like a day-long experience or a half-day experience. So we do acupuncture, ritual facials, a ceremony, um, yoni steaming, various different things. So I create these kind of unique bespoke experiences for you depending on what you'd like to move through in your life. So this is like my heart work and I'm just so thankful that I get to share it with you. Uh, that all sounds so amazing, Jessica. <laughs> mm -hmm. I wish we lived a little closer. I'm all about this idea of your ceremonies. And um, every time I've worked with Jessica in the past, um, and I've worked with her quite a bit, not just as a partner, but but she's also done healing work for me. She's just been so incredible. So um, I can't rec recommend her enough. <laughs> and mm, um, just, yeah, really hope that for those who do reach out and, and get in touch, that you have as magical of an experience as I did, and, and I'm sure you will. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with everyone before we close today, Jessica, or are you feeling good? Mm. Ah, I feel like we, we touched on a lot, and I think that I just want to lastly say that this work requires giving yourself a lot of permission and seeing permission out in the world to be able to step into pleasure and your experience here and creating the life that you dream of and that it's possible that you don't have to do it from this way of you know forcing yourself to heal forcing yourself to fit into a box that there is ways to actually really evolve and do it in a way that feels good and pleasurable. So I just want to, you know, if I can give you permission, permission granted, and uh, I hope that you continue to give yourself permission to, to that feeling good place too. Thank you for the permission. <laughs> Sometimes we don't realize we need it and we really do. Um, so I appreciate that. And I think everyone else does as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jessica. And thank you so much to everyone who tuned into this episode of the Karmic Imprints podcast. Um, please take care. Have a joyous, pleasure-filled day, week, month, year. And um, I'll look forward to seeing you all next time.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Karmic Imprints podcast. If you'd like to check out more episodes, you can tune in over Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other major podcasting services, and hit the subscribe button to keep up with new content as it comes in. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you.